0: Wednesday night event
1: um someone told me at the restaurant and oh? a friend told me about it yeah. yeah I've heard about it a few different ways <laughs>
0: do you know what we're having for dinner tonight um something vegetarian vegan Thanksgiving vegan it's oh, okay yeah it's, gonna, it's a whole so you're gonna get the Thanksgiving two times in a row
1: <laughs> yay
0: Awesome. <laughs> so, um, I would just first ask if there's any anything, any questions, anything you guys want to ask so far, as far as Eastern philosophy, reincarnation, karma, Krishna. Yes, What's I see that? you have a book in your hand. Yes,
1: yes. I'm just writing notes because I have a,
0: a a final for my world religion class. What class? What school is that? The one you went to this morning. I saw you. Oh yeah, yeah, you were class, there. So, yes. yes. All right. <laughs> cool. So she's a student of. Uh, uh, John Ewing, who um, recently I found out, we had a gentleman, remember this guy Bradley, that was sitting right where you are sitting last week? Yeah, he, he goes to that same class and he told me, Hey, did you know that John Ewing, like you, like myself, used to play in a punk band? A vegan punk band! <laughs> and yeah, I used to play in a Hare Krishna hardcore punk band, and he did a vegan hardcore punk band. You're a teacher. Wow. Yeah, it's in his bio if you no, see it. There's some no, no. pictures there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it was, that was really funny. I did. I would never never guess, and he would never guess that about me either.
1: <laughs>
0: so, um, oh, good, good. Now that's why you're so. I thought I saw you here before.
1: No.
0: So it's just today. Yeah, at the school. Yeah. Good. Good. Do you have any more questions from the class? I was, and,
1: at, I was just wondering what that means.
0: Oh, okay, so hare is addressing the feminine side of God, the energy of God, because uh, we discuss um, there are various definitions of the Supreme, but one definition given in the Vedas is uh, from which everything comes from. That's a pretty kind of uh, elementary, real basic description of God, from which everything comes from. And from that, you can extrapolate many things. So, and one thing we talked about is that in this world, you see various energies. So God is the supreme energetic. It's like the, the, the sun has much more luminosity and heat than the ray of sunshine. But it's, it's coming from the sun. So you know something about the sun by examining sunlight. So by examining this world, you know something about God being the source of those qualities that you find in this world. So some things that you find in the world are all-pervading and non-personal, like space. Have any of you uh, taken space for a date? (laughs) At least air, you can feel it, (laughs) but space (laughs) is... Or also ether. It's it's much more hard to even... Um, understand so there's space or you have also air is pervading all of, you know, at least this room uh, and any of you had you know, had a good conversation with air recently? No, it's not, it's not personal, so that's one aspect but then also in this room, what do we see? People People! So, it would stand to reason that if God is a source of everything then God possesses those qualities in their most refined form. So the sun has heat and light, but in a much more potent, much more refined, much more uh, extreme form of light and heat than the ray of sunshine. So uh, not only is God all-pervading, but He's also having a form, a being. Because if I'm a being and I'm a person, And God, you know, sometimes somebody is born with some deficiency. Maybe they're blind in one eye or blind in both eyes or uh, don't have good hearing or perhaps they're missing a limb. It's quite challenging. You find many uh, inspiring stories. Like, have you heard heard of the Tumbler, the gymnast, the Tumbler? So there's this girl her dream is she was born with no legs, and she was um, given up for adoption. Her her parents were um, Olympic, um, were in the Olympics, and they you know so much on the conception that you know that if you want a child that can do what we do, and they gave their daughter up for adoption. And she, she she grew up in you know, like a little midwestern town, uh, no legs whatsoever. And she uh, wanted to become a tumbler. you know, that you where know, you run and you jump, 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 jump and you tumble, and the final jump, boom. That's what she wanted to do. She likes that. <laughs> 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 and her parents were of the demeanor of saying, you know, "Never say you can't," and so. She actually became a tumbler, but not just a tumbler. She became the state champion, and she had um, an idol, a, a a girl who was in the Olympics. That was her idol. Now you're remembering the story. You remember the story, yeah. yeah? So she had a girl who was her, her idol, and she just uh, really uh, was her hero, and she looked a lot like the girl. And um, later in her life, she asked her parents, you know, I have a question. Can you tell me something about my family? She said, okay, wait, wait, this is really serious. You should sit down. She said, I'm always sitting down. You should sit down. <laughs> <laughs> she said, your name, your last name is such and such, which was her childhood hero, the, the girl who was a tumbler." And so she found she was related. So there's a first circumstance someone had. But uh, if to if you were to say that, you know, not not only does God have no legs, he has no arms and no head and no face, and, like, poor guy, <laughs> really rough. <laughs> so all the features you find in this world are found in God in their most refined form. So not only God is non-personal, God is a person. Does that make sense? Everybody follow the reasoning? And this, the, it's like a storefront must contain uh, everything that the warehouse has to offer. And the warehouse must have everything. And, and if everything is coming from the warehouse, the warehouse must have that thing and, and with the capacity to have it in a greater quantity. Not that the, you know, it's only found in the storefront, but the warehouse doesn't. The source has those qualities but in their most refined form. So, God is a person. Uh, there's a Sanskrit verse. So, Advaita means, although Advaita uh, means God is that being who is uh, without equal. Advaita means no equal. Achutam, never failing. Anantam, unlimited. Anantarupam, unlimited forms. Adhyam Purana Purusham, Navayovanancham. That's a nice name there. I like that. Adhyam Purana Purusham Nava Cha. (laughs) So Adi means the original. Purana means oldest. Purusham. Although he is the original oldest person. Nava Yovana. Nava is where you get the English word new. Nava Yogana Yogana is where you get the English word youth. He's ever youthful. So all the God is a person, and he's the oldest. He doesn't look old. He's actually ever youthful, very beautiful. So there is a, a, a historical progression that happened in India. Has everybody heard of the Buddha? I think mean, not heard of the Buddha. Okay. So Buddha is actually predicted in the Sri Mardham. I have a. Um, most of my books are upstairs. I have a big, nice shelf there, a lot of books. But I have the Srimad Bhagavatam in the hallway on this one shelf. Um, it's size. It's a 5,000-year-old text. has amazing things in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Does anybody know um, how, how many years back uh, have the, our modern astronomers had accurate measurements between our planets and our solar system? How, how far back to the, uh, can we go in time for, to the point where the measurements get really off? Anybody know? So about 250 years ago, with, their, with the scientific advancement and uh, calculations, they are able to have what we all think is accurate measurements, measurements done by astronomers, no, 300 years ago, 400 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, all very often, most of them quite short. But in this Bhagavatam, which is written 5,000 years ago, you have the same measurements between Earth, Mars, Jupiter, even Pluto, which is beyond the naked eye, in the 5,000-year-old text. That's pretty cool. I don't know, but I think that's very cool. 5,000-year-old is giving the measurements that we have just now learned about in the past 250 years. So, um, let's see what, oh. So in the Bhagavatam, there is a prediction that God will appear by the, an avatar, by the name of Buddha. She likes that one too. <laughs> now, Buddha. What did Buddha do? Buddha did not speak anything about God. Non-theistic. You know? Buddha, even the subject of the soul was not a topic for Buddhism. Actually, many uh, there are Buddhist traditions that. Uh, see Buddhism as not an ontological statement, what is God, what is life beyond death, but more rather like psychology, how to live in this world in a peaceful and proper manner, how to navigate uh, this world. So there is a famous speech of the Buddha called, um, translated as the gospel of the non-existence of the soul. So not only this God was not a discussion in Buddhism, uh, but even the soul was not a discussion. In this famous speech of the Buddha, he speaks in a very kind of Bhagavad Gita way, Upanishadic way. He says, You're not your mind, you're not your toes, you're not your nose, you're not your ears. Do you all know that? You're not your ears? Do mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you say, my ears, or I ears?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which mm-hmm. one do you say? Okay, so who's the one, so you're different from the ears, because the ears is something you have. Mm-hmm. And if you lost your ear, are you still you? You still exist, you oh. know? Even if you lost your body, called death, you still exist. Because you're not the body, you're the soul. You don't have a soul, you are a soul. So the Buddha didn't even talk about the... In this famous statement, this famous gospel or speech of the Buddha, he speaks, he just says what you're not. He doesn't go... He doesn't take the next step and say, You are a conscious spiritual entity. He just says, You're not your senses. You're not your mind. You're not the things that you're observing, which is the same things you'll find in the Upanishads, you'll find in the Yoga Sutras and various texts. You're not, you are the uh, Purusha, not the Prakriti. Uh, Tatiana is a yoga teacher and we just had a class on Friday on the Yoga Sutras and we covered the three gunas, which is a nice, very interesting subject. So, according to the Vedic perspective, Buddha came at a time where there was lots of religious corruption. What were people doing in the name of religion? Killing animals and calling it religious actually having calling it, we're having our slaughterhouse, but it's a sacrifice. <laughs> and so Buddha said, hey, forget all this stuff. You guys are, it's kind of like um, if you go on a vacation and you want to save on your power bill, so you unplug the fridge. But you forgot, there's a little box in the fridge uh, called where good intentions go to die. You ever seen that box? You put all your healthy stuff there. <laughs> right, so you left your you left the cabbage in there, and when you come home, how is it? It's been three weeks. How is that cabbage doing? An unplugged fridge. It's probably it's really bad shape. So you just you just take the cabbage out? You know, you got to clean house. You got to clean that that that, that whole. Container out, maybe uh, even spray some inside the fridge to so give a nice fresh, uh, fresh uh, smell and, and clean feeling. So Buddha cleaned up the whole situation. He said, forget all these Vedic scriptures, these Hindu scriptures. Forget all this stuff. Even though Buddha is predicted as a, the, the avatar of God in the Hindu tradition, he totally rejected it. He said, forget all this stuff. Learn how to be a good human being. First he taught ahimsa, nonviolence, violence. Because in order to uh, take steps in spiritual life, we actually have to recognize the conscious living force within all beings. In the, in the discussion of the three gunas, the, that vision by which you see the same type of conscious living force in all living beings is called sattva. But that, uh, that's the highest level of understanding in material life. The second level is rajas, when you see there's a friend, there's an enemy, there's a white person, there's a black person, you see all these kind of dualistic views, when you don't actually see the soul, the driver of this vehicle. For example, was she always this tall? No? Yeah.
1: No?
0: When no. she was. Oh no. When three months old, was she that tall? No, I was thinking volleyball, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So I was thinking totally different. Is this no? the same body that you gave birth to? Mm-hmm. All the same cells are there? Mm-hmm. Now, according to modern science, within seven years, every cell is replaced. Oh, so yes. No. No. no, sorry. I'm no. just thinking two. Usually, that's even, that's how even, we usually think. I'm even a nurse. So I'm, you know, oh, I see. There you that, go. That's sad, but yeah. So, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so what part of Emma is still there? Emma? I know. Her soul. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Emma's still there, yes. Uh, so, it, actually, Emma doesn't have a soul. Uh, Emma a soul. Emma is a soul. Emma is a soul. And the thing that she has is the body, and you can know that because the body you have today is not the body you gave birth to. That has changed. But the person who is witnessing everything, when I said that in class, the person who's seeing everything, she got confused. She didn't understand. Oh, you can't see everything. I mean, what I meant to say is the person who's witnessing you know, life in the body is the soul. This lady, she got a little confused. She said, you can't see everything. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. How do I explain it? <laughs> so that's the soul. So Buddha came, and he came to reform that situation. And that was 2,600 years ago. But 2,400 years before that, his avatar was predicted. Abba, is we get the Spanish word, abajo come down. So then there's another form known as Shankaracharya. And he taught would be next level Buddhism. If you go to India, you'll find that there's not many Buddhists in India. um, Buddhism started in India, but it was defeated by the philosophy of Shankaracharya. In India, the culture was um, Debate it was there there's all kinds of religions that existed in India that exist in India, and they have done for thousands of years very peacefully and uh, there was a system where if you were a teacher and i 'm a stu- and i 'm a teacher and you have a better philosophy than me, and you defeat me in debate, I have to become your student uh, it wasn't as um, emotional it was very uh, intellectual, um, and you could also find, maybe find another teacher to see if you can address that person's, uh, and find somebody who could defeat that person if you if you felt that you weren't capable. But so Buddhism was basically fled out of India because of the philosophy of Shankaracharya, the personality Sankacharya who appeared. Um, I think, around 800 A.D., he uh, defeated the the, the philosophy of uh, the Buddha. And so what he did is he taught next level, beyond the negation of this material world. Does anybody know what the four noble truths of Buddhism are? Yes. Yes, what is it? Well,
1: the first one is that all life is suffering.
0: Material life? suffering, yeah. Suffering,
1: yes. Huh? <coughs> they, actually, it's material life. is full
0: of suffering. Not oh. that it is suffering. It um, has uh, a lot of suffering. We discussed this in class. Um, like, for example, your spine, does it uh, exude drops of bliss? Like, oh,
1: oh,
0: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> 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 Maybe if you go to talk to you in this class or something. But, uh, or if we take your toe, uh, can you your name again? Mister, Michelle, so everyone's going to take turns massaging Michelle's toe, and she might appreciate that. But then again, everyone takes turns, and they poke a needle into the center of her toe. Would it be worth it?
1: <laughs>
0: probably not. are no. your teeth, um, can, can you feel pain from your teeth? Is there any pleasure sensors there, like... You, you feel like you pet your teeth, it's like, oh, yes. yeah. So, the body is uh, kind of a bad deal, as the Buddha is saying, and the cause of suffering is our desire. And then, the third noble truth is that to s- stop suffering is by stopping desire, which is different from the Vedic tradition, that's where you would hear. Going to say stop desire because desire is an inherent expression of the self. You uh, come back to the original spiritual desire, and the fourth one was and this is done by the, the Eightfold Path. So, Shankaracharya, he, although Buddha rejected the Vedic culture, Shankaracharya reintroduced all the Vedic culture. But he did so in a uh, very Buddhistic way. So if you read books like Bhagavad Gita, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam, Upanishads, Puranas, Ittihastas, all these ancient texts, thousands and thousands of texts, practically impossible to read in one lifetime. Uh, They will talk about two uh, distinct and contradictory things. They'll talk about the soul being one with God. Have you heard the word eminence? So in philosophy, Western philosophy, the word eminence means integrated, all-pervading, to the point of losing its own distinction. So uh, they'll talk about God being, you being God, everything is one, it's all one, it's all together. And then I also talk about no God is an individual; that God is a being, and you are different. Transcendence, transcendence is the concept of duality. Transcend means you're, something is above, beyond something else. Everybody got it. So Shankaracharya, when he introduced the Vedic culture, he only spoke about the oneness side. <coughs> kind of like a new age yoga, maybe kind of maybe hippie philosophy, I'm God, you're God, it's all God, it's all one. Which is part of the picture. But if it's all one, then there's no such thing as love. Because love is a relationship. Relationship is based on duality. It's based on two parties relating <coughs> to each other. There's no personhood. There's no individuality. There's no beingness. Because there's no, nobody exists. It's all a homogenous energy block. So Sangacharya presented that. That was his philosophy. So we went from the philosophy of Buddha is solve all problems by if if a house has a leak, what do you do?
1: Fix it.
0: Blow up the house. That's uh, the. Become nothing. Make it into nothing. The Buddhists and the follower of Shankaracharya go to a pizza shop. What do they order? A vegan pizza? <laughs> yeah, they both order a vegan pizza or a vegetarian, lacto vegetarian from a, a himsa farm where the cows are treated with love and affection. But. Oh, I know. You said oh, my God.
1: Make me one with everything.
0: Is who? Which one?
1: With the. Peter.
0: Nope. Buddhist wants to become one with nothing.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> and the follower of Sankacharya wants to become one with everything. So that's how you can understand the, the difference between their philosophy. The u- ultimate goal of Buddhism is nirvana. Vana means forests, but it also refers to the variety, dualities of this world. So go beyond the material realm and just you know, obl- obliterate it all into nothing, become nothing, and then number of problems. Leak in the house, blow up the house. How you doing? Hi. How's it going? Come inside. Cool. Just you? Yeah, just yes, me. All right, cool. Well, what's your name? Davich. Davich. Where are you from? Uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth. Here, take a seat. Get comfortable anywhere. So I was trying to cover a, um, a historical progression of thought in India um, that happened in the past 3,000 years. <laughs> it's a little uh, historical progression. <laughs> different teachers that taught, taught completely different things, um, great, powerful teachers. That, um, For example, do, any of you remember who was mr. Um, is Miss America in 1996? Okay, so yeah, that kind of fame goes away very quickly. But someone who is actually very spiritually enlightened, empowered, very saintly, their fame goes on for a very long time. Some some very saintly, very special personalities, their their awareness and knowledge of them goes ex- extensively, like Jesus Christ, two thousand years. So. Buddha, 2,600 years, and uh, Shankaracharya. Uh, I think Shankaracharya might be the, before the time of Christ, and then Madhvacharya after. So these are some teachers that came that impacted all of India and, and some of... Who's 800 years after Christ? 800 years? Uh, OK, that's what I said earlier, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, he was. Oh. He's modern. Modern, yeah, <laughs> 880. Eight, eight. <laughs> OK, so Shankaracharya came. And he taught he the philosophy Buddha rejected all the Vedic, Hindu, Indian based philosophy and started up from a fresh start, be a good human being. Don't kill animals in the name of religion, you got it all mixed up. And you know, and didn't cover the subject of soul or God and just thought about how to be a good person. Then Shankaracharya brought into the, the 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 feature of Brahman, that we're all spirit. Beyond matter is spirit, that we're all part of that. Then another teacher came after, named Madhvacharya. Uh, all of these are described in scripture as avatars of great personalities, like Buddha's direct incarnation of God. Shankaracharya is a partial incarnation, he's incarnation Lord Shiva. And Madhvacharya is incarnation of uh, angel or the wind god. So he um, he taught the subject of duality that in the script and the Vedas it talks about God as a person and if you skip around that you're not really being honest in your presentation for example um, if something is very clear like if I say um, my house is uh, has this white. It's a white painted house. Um, that's pretty, you know, basic sentence. Now in Sanskrit, you can take uh, infer different meanings from from words and pull out a different meaning. You know, by the use of uh, we say grammatical jugglery, you can pull out different meanings, and it. That can be important if something doesn't make any sense. For example, if we say in Sanskrit, the weapons walked in. Does that sound reasonable? Weapons walked in? No. Or the house um, in the river. So literally, those statements don't sound appropriate. But the way the use of language, those statements would mean meant soldiers with weapons walked in, people with weapons walked in. Or the house is on the banks of the river. So, Madhvacharya challenged Shankaracharya, who was speaking on the basis of Vedic literature, and said, Well, you're speaking, but you're erasing God by using all these these grammatical tactics to avoid that subject. And he did that purposely because his audience was the Buddhas. And so he got it to one level. So, from zero to become zero to oneness. Then to duality, distinction, relationship. That was also by, uh, taught by Jacharya who appeared his birthday was this year, a thousand year anniversary of Ramanujacharya. He's a very saint, great, famous saintly teacher in South India. But a personality, a um, statue of Lord Chaitanya, appeared 500 years ago. Lord Chaitanya is another avatar. And he taught how both of them are true—the oneness and the duality. So this, this, this is all God in the sense that it is His energy, and God is energetic, like the power house and the power are distinct but inseparable. But at the same time, God is a being, like the sun. Behind the sunlight is the sun globe. behind the light is the light bulb so the form precedes the energy so um, brahmano pratishtaha krishna says in the gita the spiritual light is based on me it's like all the energy all the oneness it's all his light it's all his aura so Lord Chaitanya, he marries those two different philosophical groups. One group may say God is only up there, and he's not really here. And the problem that that causes is, uh, it can cause environmental problems, because you don't see how everything is connected to God. You see the world is just some mundane, profane thing, separate from God, and you don't see how it's connected. And then the other side, the side of oneness. If it's all one, then you lose all relationship. It becomes dry. It becomes um, there's no flavor there. So it's kind of like you look at this painting, this picture here on the wall. You can analyze that information, or you can uh, analyze means you take apart and study it. Or you can synthesize means you look at the whole. If you synthesize, you may see something different than you analyze. If you synthesize, you say, oh, that's a nice painting. If you analyze, you say, oh, that is a molecule. You know, see? Your eyes are right? like, So you only see one part. Both are truths of the same subject. They're not untrue. It's painting, and it's also made out of molecules. Does that make any sense? I think I'm making everyone fall asleep. Does what make any sense? No, I good.
1: kidding. What? I'm just kidding. So, what is the relationship between the soul and the consciousness? Vaishya Vedanta distinguishes that. Did one of these avatars discuss that? My impression there was in the 14th century. But the, the if they, like, there's a difference between the soul. The soul is a higher
0: transgression, it's lower than your consciousness. So, consciousness is a symptom of the soul.
1: They would say the other way around. They would say that
0: the soul is a
1: vasana, the last vasana, the last vestige. So
0: symptom means is, uh, like you, you know the presence of the the battery by its symptoms. Uh, like we discussed uh, in class, remember that?
1: You know the presence of everything by its symptoms. Because as Vesheva would say, it's all illusions in your head. You just simply formulate But what's Ishvara the U? You? Well, right. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's yeah. See so that the problem you, with the problem with the
0: philosophy is that if they say the Sankacharya's philosophy is everything is God and God is an illusion, but then where does illusion come from? Because an illusion becomes superior to God. Yeah, that's a good point, and I can't. I don't have. A and word. he'll say, well, it's just like somebody mistaking a rope for a snake. But to do that, a conception of a snake well, must be there. I can tell you. The
1: answer is and it ties up with the notion of Ishvara, but the answer would be that it's the distinction between existence and reality. And so we have exist, things can exist in my head. A movie can exist in my head, a character in a movie. But would you see it? Would Ishvara it's see like, it? Where
0: but what you what no, you That makes sense. And that would, yeah. would be called reality.
1: You know, Santa Claus is real, right? Like in one sense yes, and in another sense
0: no. Mm. Well, but yeah, the impression of I a know. person or Santa Claus or a snake comes because snakes do exist. Right. Well, Our old people well, do exist and yeah. people with white beards do exist. Right. They, so the impression is ref- reflecting some sort of reality. It's, a subtle. it's not um, that you a person would mistake a rope for a, um, snake. a, a peacock. Are a uh, elephant because they must share some qualities.
1: Well, the, what 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 the arguments that have made in favor and or the you know the position it aligns very well with science. And so and 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 you know we may literally be nerve stems floating in space with a sort of matrix view of reality. That probably is a closer approximation, according to science, than, than this idea that there's an objective reality, because we there's too much we filter through now, our senses. And, there's just and, too much. And when
0: we, when we when we broach and true. a spiritual subject with science, we oftentimes don't understand that science has different levels of right. authenticity right. and right. authority right. on true different true subjects. For example, mean, mathematics is very defu- it's very definitive. But when you talk about um, um, other things like archaeology and things like that, there's so many things. It's not as definitive as right. mathematics. I, mean, I it was consistent with what I said. I didn't say it the truth. It's it's like you have a net that has a there's nets with two inch um, holes in it because you you know sometimes you don't want to catch the tiny tiny fish. Or there's some nets that are really, really large. They're meant to catch very big fish, and the small fish pass through. So, uh, the subject of spirituality is—it's—it's it's like you can't catch. How much water can you catch in one of those nets? It's—it's t- it's too um, subtle. It is too refined. It's too small to to be captured by such a net, right. or the small fish. They pass right, right. through. A
1: world famous scientists once told me personally, the reason science works is it knows its limitations. It's that
0: simple. Yeah, if it does. It knows it's but Albert Einstein, he said the closer you get to uh, things that are naturally perceived, the further you go from mathematics. Alright, right. well, it,
1: it's not that math one way or the other, it's just there are no limitations, and there's not really a lot to say after that. I mean, right, it's just that simple. I mean, it's not that it's the truth or not the truth, it just simply doesn't know, and so, like, does when, when life start would be a good example. Mm-hmm. You can't have that debate in a scientific context. There isn't any real knowledge in science, and there are a lot of it, people that claim they it's, know it, but lots of more. It, it's a,
0: you have something that is, you can't uh, have a repeated test, so it's just extrapolation on very small samples of information, very elaborate things are extrapolated where certain things like uh, physics, you can do repeated tests, and you, could, you you have a large sample of things. But when you have a small sample, and then you have an extr- a huge extrapolation from that, it takes a lot of... For example, you have the problem of repeatability. In, in, in many of the universities, they have a problem where a scientific study is done, and another group of scientists try to do the same experiment, and they do not get the same results at all. It's not replicable. And you've, you've even had circumstances where hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies were forged. Right. And so it's not like to we
1: say, well, then it's not science, it's something else. <clears throat> which is okay, which is okay, it's just not science. And it's not repeatable, it's not ishvara, it's not common So,
0: yeah, yeah, like uh, when you're dealing with, like you said, creation, that's, that's like uh, trying to solve a murder mystery, you, you can't replicate it. Can't okay again kill the person again let's see what happened. and so you, you can't replicate it and you and if your sample is very small you're you're just subject to a lot of speculation. Like
1: trying to grab a handful of smoke, you know, you, you it can't be captured with that with that apparatus. It's just not suited for that, right?
0: So there's what is called deductive and inductive. Um. So inductive. Is where you take a um, your senses, direct perception, and you could also extend that direct perception, like a telescope, microscope, proton microscope, and you examine the world. What Emma? So, what can you learn about Japan with inductive knowledge? Inductive knowledge <laughs> is right here. You sit here. You can get on the roof also. Take out your telescope. Take out your microscope.
1: <laughs>
0: learn about Japan. So you must work with deductive. You, might, you must get a source from Japan, some, some source from Japan, and then examine that information and see if is it logical, is it comprehensive, is it consistent. For example, if you see, uh, you get some information from Japan. And it says, uh, it's a video from Japan and there's this big lizard so you may wonder is this reasonable and intelligent does this um, is, it, is this can be somehow reasonable so there's deductive knowledge is you have a source that may be on your scope of senses is something beyond your scope of um, uh, extension of your senses. You take that information and then you put it through the, uh, the filter of intelligency. Does it make any sense? And then, then from there you have a theory. From the theory you can apply an <laughs> experiment. The, actually, even the field of science, theory, the, like for example, hundreds of people, millions of people have seen fruit fall, But Isaac Newton, he thought... That there is a there is some kind of reasonable uh, he had some faith. In a model. In a model. Yeah, there's some type of uh, uh, that the world op- operates according to some reasonable way. All right. So that in itself is it is induct you work from a model. Induct you
1: looked a bunch of matter and didn't hit the model. In fact, if you go on the animal-
0: even if you examine, where do hypotheses come from? Where, do, where does inspiration come from? Like, the, there was a mathematician who discovered something called the zeta function. He, found, he discovered it, and he just got out of the shower. Boom! And he wrote it down. Another guy did, had something like that right before he died. It took 70 years of mathematicians to produce the proofs of his theory. Those those mathematicians said that he was able to give this formula without the knowledge that was uh, needed to under be to understand that formula at that time. So that you can question where does inspiration come from, because um, any of these scientists who discover have great leaps and bounds of. Understanding in various fields can explain uh, a step by step how it grew to a certain point of understanding. That's a good subject. Any other things you guys want to ask to share? So. so you got zero, one, two, and one, and two.
1: Beautiful parable on the is about About the boy and I mean, take real quick. beautiful. I don't remember which one it's in, but. The boy is an example of the difference deductive and inductive. So the boy wanted to know who his father was. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Wandered, he wandered around the planet asking every man, are you my father? <laughs> right, which is very inefficient. And then he realized, wait a minute, I'm created. And he went and asked his mother. And she said, here's his father. Yeah, yeah. So that's inductive. He had a model in his head that he, my mother created me or where she would know who the father is. And yeah. the deductive was just trying to brute force it, you know, look at a lot of different patterns. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a limitation to how many right.
1: people well, you can... sometimes hear. you need to do that if you don't. It just depends on what you're trying to learn. But, you know, a lot of signs are done by just... You know, have, yeah, it's and then once it becomes the theory, then you apply it inductively, and then you forget that, and then you get this historical screw-up.
0: And so that that's where you start with the hypothesis. Then you then there's the experiment. So hypothesis is you're not the body, you're the spirit soul, you're eternal lover of God. And the experiment is... Try it out. Try to love God and see if that produces the result of happiness and bliss that is beyond what you uh, experience in this world. So it's easy to do. Doesn't doesn't cost any money. Um, readily available. Any questions? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I talked to a gentleman and who he claimed that uh, he had reached out to his past life. Uh, I don't know if you, if you have any thoughts on that. What? Uh, he, he saw he his passing? either saw or spoken to him. Uh, I'm not too sure what the exact character is. So talk about that. I, it, it is a possibility. I, some, a lot of times people say things because it, <coughs> it, it it boosts their image. Yeah. I, sometimes it could be true, it could be not. Mm-hmm. Um, how could he have talked but, to himself in his past life? Because I mean in his present life, how could he be talking to his not experience? talk to his past life. He had he had some kind of I people have and invaders you have descriptions of people who remember their past life. And the answer to that is uh, He talked to his past life or How could he have
1: talked to his himself? Either
0: way, how's it? past comedy?
1: life
0: appeared? Ayahuasca. That's oh, wow. hallucinating. That's, oh, wow. that's, oh, okay, that's okay. Wow. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. That or maybe he talked that to maybe he you know, talked that to you at this Another being, a ghost, or somebody who's already disembodied. they're someone from their
1: past life. He was, just he was just uh-huh. So Vedanta would say that it exists but is not real. So it exists in his consciousness. He's conscious of something, obviously. Yeah. But he's not real in the sense of Ishvara, that you would see it and I would see it well, yeah. collective consciousness. would see it, it wouldn't be true. So that's the distinction.
0: But Ishvara is also sees your imagination. Reality.
1: Because you are also right. Yeah, well, that's the distinction between existing and reality.
0: Mm-hmm. Reality persists after everything else is gone. In mm-hmm. other way, and that's that's the collective. So I, I, one thing is to know your past life, but it's not, not so important. For example, if you find yourself in, in the middle of an ocean, um, you shouldn't think, "Well, how did I get here?" You know, just You should somehow find safety. That's the kind of thing. Get out. You're in in a precarious situation. So, how do you get there? And you're, you know, how do you end up there? Is not as important as getting out of that situation. So, you can look at your life now and see what kind of situations you're placed in, what kind of body, what kind of family, what kind of talents, what kind of lacks that you have, and that will show your apparent previous desires, and deeds, and uh, uh, reactions of deeds that has brought you to this particular body. It's kind of like a, a honeybee goes and gathers nectar from various flowers. And that nectar ha- that he produces honey of a certain fragrance and flavor based on the flowers that he's collected. So we've collected so many different desires and activities in our past life, and that results in our present body. Over reincarnation not much
1: different than obsessing over your body in this life. <laughs> it really isn't all that much different when you think about it. It's just like saying, so you're identifying with the body again, sort of, in a certain
0: so sense. So, if you, most way. of the time, if someone says they do, like you go to some if some psychic and they say, Who was I in pa- past life? They say, Oh, you were King Tut, you're a Cleopatra. Nobody says you're, you're the janitor at, you know, at Eastfield College. and. You know, uh, or you, you die of colon cancer nobody so. if you do your past lives what difference
1: does it really make? Like, so
0: and astrology can show some of, astrology can show some of your past desires um, it could, I know your past lives can show you the futility of material endeavors Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: it's just another tool. It's just meant to show you so you can move forward. Despite all the trouble you went through, nobody died healthy. Despite everything you've done to be successful, it all goes away. (laughs) Death takes everything away. So we want to invest in something that doesn't go away. And that is our spiritual development, our spiritual awareness. That will keep with us in our next uh, life after life, until we're a hundred percent. You don't lose that, that wisdom. Therefore, sometimes people are very wise because they've been uh, spiritual practitioners in their past life. Sometimes they call them old soul, but every, there's no age for the soul. The soul has not have a birth. But there are souls that are actually uh, well progressed in their spiritual life. And there are many, many, many people who have not taken one step. Actually, most people have not taken much steps. Most people are simply racing after the carrot, thinking if I just get that carrot, I'm going to be happy. But if you take that step, you'll find that next life, that wisdom and intelligence and uh, awareness and and happiness will push you in the next life. Uh, And the sixth chapter, sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna asked this question, six chapter or eight chapter. Maybe eight chapter, I'm sorry. I can't remember. Six chapter, eight chapter. They're both chapters about yoga and, and, and depth. He said he asked, Well what if somebody doesn't um, graduate, doesn't complete their spiritual life, doesn't actually progress to the goal of becoming hundred percent God conscious. What do they do? I said, maybe, maybe they gave up um, uh, becoming a CEO of a business to go meditate in the Himalayas, and then they, but they failed at that. So what do they gain? It was like, are they just, you know, lost like a riven cloud? Just and Krishna says, well, one who does such spiritual good is never overcome by evil. That you never lose that. And he says, abhyasa uh, What is the Sanskrit? Purva abhyasi. We have Tatiana studies a lot of Sanskrit. So, what does abhyas mean? Practice. Purva means again. Purva abhyasate neva. Shriyate. You know, is that used in, the, in yoga? At all? The heart. Shriyate avasho Again, he will be driven to spiritual practices, as if forced from his heart, Uh, without even... A person could be an agnostic, an atheist, because they may be seeking knowledge and they may reject something that does not look like knowledge. They are actually seeking eternal wisdom. Uh, And they may... Jityasur, Api such an inquisitive spiritualist. Apiyogasa he stands above, he is considered superior or more elevated than the ritualistic religionist, from I mean, oh well, I was born into this, so it must be the best. You know, or I just do it because my grandma did it. I don't know why. He the person was actually seeking the essence behind everything. And so, for many of you here, probably, and, and, and it, not so many people in the world, it's, it's uh, there's another verse, Nikita, this one's kind of cool. Out of many thousands of people, hardly one is seeking spiritual truths yadatam siddhanam And out of many thousands of those people, hardly one knows me in truth, Krishna is saying. So it's it's very rare to even find people who are asking questions in, about life. And, and and those who come to the ultimate perfection, that is also very rare. It's not a cheap thing. It's like a... Uh, to sell diamonds is not... It's not like everybody's your audience. It's very... It's a
1: rare thing to, so. Yeah, the older I get, the more stunned I get with how sort of brute force the world is. The, older <laughs> the older world I get, was younger. Yeah. I it was more, it was more just, just not even happy. It was like, oh, I yeah, you guys really are just don't give a damn. <laughs> just that's okay. I got it now, and now I can rationalize, it, deal with it. But I mean, it didn't quite. It's surprising as I've traveled a lot around the world how sort of raw it is. it. just kind of like a, like a machine, sort of.
0: It's a consuming machine. It's
1: yeah, a consuming machine. And you ask somebody something, you just look at you physically, I think you're crazy. And you say, okay.
0: Well. Like, I material life as we look at everyone and we see what can you do for me? How can I consume you? <laughs> Yeah, that is material life. What do you expect,
1: What do you expect? We're used to praying on things and now you got preyed on. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and it, it's funny how much of the life
0: is, is like that. It seems more. Jeevo, jeevas, um, material world, the big or eating the, sh- the, the 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 strong or eating the weak.
1: Yeah. The cheaters and the
0: cheaters. Any other comments or questions? Yes? Um, On the back of the book
1: and in that picture and stuff, I've seen that same man, I don't know
0: he is. So that was the one I, I remember we mentioned in the beginning?
1: I showed
0: up late, so. Oh, for the class, you're right there. Yes. Um, okay, so he came to America. Uh, she's talking about our, the Founders. She has this picture here, um, right here. He came to America. Actually, if you want to pass the ceramic and look at some of the pictures, it's really cool. He came to America in 1965, 70 year old monk, absolutely no money, didn't know anybody. He boarded a cargo ship from Bombay to Boston Harbor, had two heart attacks on the ship. He uh, had um, led in Boston Harbor to know if he should take a left or take a right made his way to New York City, he struggled, and eventually opened a temple, I think a little bit smaller than this room, in Manhattan, in 1966. But from 1966 to 77, he managed to circle the globe 14 times. He opened over 130 temples around the world, so if you go across the street, see our beautiful temple. Did you guys see it? Mm-hmm. Did you see inside the temple room? Did you see the restaurant? Mm-hmm. The restaurant. the restaurant. Oh, okay. So there's a beautiful temple room, that uh, that I think you missed the trivia question, the basketball court. was The temple room used to be a basketball court, and you can see how beautiful it looks now. Um, so he translated over 100 volumes of books and, and trained over 10,000 students. Um, if you look on the bookshelf there, there's some of the books on display. There, uh, there are many, many books that he translated from Sanskrit to English, but his... Um, his influence was not just that he was writing books or uh, he was an eloquent speaker, but the main thing is that you could take his life under the smallest microscope. And what he taught is what he lived. That was his, his uh, influence, is that he perfectly um, <coughs> enacted his philosophy. A C Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada,
1: yeah.
0: and so he very amazing personality, and and he did not take credit for things because he he saw whatever abilities he had, he was getting that as from his teacher, from his teacher, from his teacher, from his teacher, all the way back to God. So he, he's a, like a I'm just an instrument in the artist's hand. I'm not the the artist. So he's very saintly, very saintly, very... And therefore, um, oftentimes we can actually do very powerful, wonderful things if we get our ego to step out of the way. And so. so is this... Uh... Meetup that happens every Wednesday yes yeah, yes okay. I, I went to the temple thinking I was there oh okay well good to have you here I was like no I'm here <laughs> you're inside the temple I'm just yeah. laying there like man what kind of meetup is this <laughs> yeah we had some music earlier and cool. uh, so are you Hispanic or were you no from? I'm, I'm from Nepal Papa like us to say the only thing Nepali about me about is my, my parents and my neighbors. oh man i can sorry I speak some Nepali is a little bit do you know that word? Tapa like this, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just. Sorry. I don't know. I was thinking in Nepali. I was going to speak to you in Nepali. Yeah. That's fine. Cool.
1: Are you a student?
0: No. year. How how are we doing in the kitchen there? I will ask. we we're, we're kind of a small crew today. A lot of. We have a whole big uh, group that went on a road trip. Yeah, uh, two, three cars. You're, Jai is heading that way too. There's, there's a big, uh, how many hour? 100? 12
1: hours, or they're 24 hours scheduled then mm-hmm. How many hours not scheduled
0: is. Okay, there, there's a big Kirtan concert event in Florida that a whole bunch of people are driving to, flying to, and <laughs> yeah, near Gainesville, Florida. And so guys, she, yeah, she's going and then all the regular musicians that are usually here and all the helpers and servers, they all left to Florida. So i am it's <laughs> so it Five more minutes, which is, is Christina still here. All right, so Christina is a very sweet singer, kirtan singer. Wanna, are you up for it? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Cool, thank you guys so much. We'll just have a little kirtan and then and then we'll serve out all and uh, I know you guys went to the, the restaurant but you gotta try some of the vegan Thanksgiving. So good. Something, yeah, there's uh, there's always some space. It's it's like spiritual food so it it, it has no calories. <laughs> it's just like it levitates you. You'll go you'll like be walking on air.